we are lucky enough to be here with Steven V. Viramontes. And you guys, if you don't know who V is yet, I don't know how you don't, number one. V and his team, of course, we'll get to your team, of course, but V is the organizer for Phoenix Startup Week. And I, I know personally, I want to thank you for everything that you do. Um, I I personally get a ton out of this week every time the last few years that I've been to it. I know so many people uh, that do. And on, on another personal note, I my business currently, um, my new business partner, we met at last year's Startup Week. And now we are in business together. So it's like... There's so many success stories, I think, along that that route. So I just want to say thank you. You're welcome for everything that you do. Absolutely. And Startup Week is serves that purpose that you just described is to make connections and facilitate opportunities for individuals to come together and to build something and to make magic happen for this community. V, can you talk a little bit about just who you are outside of Startup Week, if you are anyone outside of Startup Week <laughs> with all the work that goes into it? Um, exactly. What else What else are, are, are you involved with? Sure. Uh, unknown to most folks, I actually do something outside of Startup Week. <laughs> That's a, uh, and I actually have a SaaS company, a software as a service company, where we focus on election-based software for campaigns and elections throughout the country. And so we have a platform that allows campaigns or organizations that are interested in growing the affinity for new voters to collect new voter information and to then retarget those voters with drip campaigns, et cetera. We see ourselves as a big data company where we take voter information from these new voters we append that data with consumer data, and then we measure that profile on that new voter against the history of existing voters to do predictive analytics on how new voters will behave to certain types of messaging from campaigns and causes based on the lookalike audiences of longtime voters. So that's what we do. Uh, and we are in Florida, Texas, and New Mexico, and we've been operating successfully uh for really pushed it hard the last six months or so mm -hmm. and uh we're doing really well bringing on uh, a couple of co-founders uh cody jones one of the first employees at Z at uh infusionsoft mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and one of the executives at zapier he has joined us as a co-founder oh, um also uh pretham ready the former ceo of ResTech who focuses on cloud services and microservices for backend platforms. He was the chief architect for the United Airways and U.S. Airways merger, and he's helped build our platform. We have um, three students as interns from ASU that are working for us full-time. Excellent. A product manager, a front-end UI UX dev, and then a back-end dev. And so our goal with our platform and the name of the company is a sure vote we don't have much of a presence we're a very much niche enterprise level yeah type of platform not uh, consumer facing as a product uh, we are trying the best we can to repatriotize democracy and so the big goal and mission is to allow any individual from soup to nuts if they want to run for public office that they can have 
software run their campaign for them as opposed to be reliant on some of the old 19th and 20th century methods for <laughs> getting elected. I mean, super needed things, all those things. <laughs> we need all those things right now moving forward um, within within the political machine. Um, so that, how about you personally? What's what's I, I oh married yeah, absolutely where, where you yeah at? yeah so I live in Old Lehigh which is an old part of Mesa kind of off uh, Gilbert uh, Road and the two hundred two Red Mountain area mm-hmm. live on three acres out there and have horses and a vineyard I'm mean, not vineyard orchards of tangelos I'm gonna bring some tomorrow too Ooh, like they're okay. they're oh. they're ready to rock and roll I'm bring a whole big old box and everyone can just take them. <laughs> um, Wife and three kids. Uh, Elijah is 12, Sydney is 10, and Joshua is seven. I coach football for my son, oldest son's team, uh, two seasons out of the year, spring and fall. And then I coach baseball three seasons out of the year um, for my youngest son. So, uh, nothing like I enjoy doing this as a volunteer for Startup Week, but nothing brings me more joy being on the field coaching my sons, uh, playing football and baseball. You know, that's uh, for me, that's what it's all about. Uh, my father grew up uh, as an immigrant from Mexico and spent most of his days working the fields and trying to launch a business on the side. And I, I, he never came to any of my baseball games or football games. And one of the things that I wanted to do as part of living the American dream is to provide a better opportunity for that next generation. And so because of my father's commitment and work ethic, um, that I was able to absorb and to emulate. I've been able to, um, provide a living for my family that has provided an opportunity for me to spend more abundant time with my children and to kind of break that cycle, if you will. Um, but it, if it wasn't for my father and my mother, uh, being committed to providing a better life than the one they had, um, I wouldn't have had this opportunity. I love this. I think that's a common thread I see with all the leaders in our community is that you're all, unlike the Silicon Valley style, like all the people who basically meet their kids only when they go to college, you're all family people. You all care about the next generation. And it, and it, it almost like feels like it bleeds into the community of us. So thank you for that. That's really nice. Yeah. I, and by the way, that was we didn't introduce Roz. Roz is here um, as he's been all day, every day during Phoenix Startup Week, running the board, engineer extraordinaire, owner, founder, the the man behind the wheels of steel on Zcast, Thank the you. app. Check it out. Um, but yeah, I, I totally, totally agree with I mean, I haven't I haven't experienced the the valley life or, you know, really any of these other cities. But but everything that I hear you know, for whatever that's worth, it does feel like we're, we're different is sort of a different approach is a different breed. That's, that's here in Arizona and in the Valley. It needs to be. And, you know, I've spent a lot of time in Boston, right? Mm-hmm. I went to Harvard and MIT and yep. spent some time out there and obviously Silicon Valley. And uh, I even spent uh, nine months in Salt Lake in the Utah ecosystem. So I've experienced several ecosystems and it's definitely different. Uh, we definitely need to make our own mark. You know, that's kind of why the brand is what it is this year. Let's make our mark. Like, let's identify ourselves as a community and not be projected on by other ecosystems right. of who we should be and who we ought to be. Let's define our own 
narrative and let's define what that message is and share it with the world and invite them to come and participate in the Phoenix ecosystem. Whatever this is, we know we're at the very like inception stage and there's lots of momentum. And I still think that we quite haven't figured out what we want to, who we're going to be when we grow up yet. And that's okay. Yeah. Right. And I think it's going to take a, f- a couple of companies being very successful and for those exits to happen. And we've already had some of those to really define like what Phoenix is going to be known for in tech and for startups in general. And you, um, we were talking beforehand, um, and I know you, you, you went out to, um, to Mexico for, it was like a special startup weekend. Yep. And, and talk a little bit about that, like what that, where that was, what that entailed. And, and I mean, I, I remember seeing all the posts and I even got, I even talked to uh, Gabe, Gabe Gasket was out there mm-hmm. and we talked while you guys were there because I, I was giving some input, some feedback on on one of the products that they were working yeah. on. It was so cool. And talk a little bit about what, what that was. Sure. So this is kind of almost like a, a, for me, it's very personal, right? My grandparents are from Mexico and uh, the relationships with Mexico and the United States haven't been the greatest, especially in Arizona for the past decade or so because the geopolitical scene going on. And to be full, full, full transparency, you know, that's been a lot of the people that I've claimed if I'm going to label myself, that's sort of been the folks that I've aligned myself with politically and ideologically for a long time. And it was just like, what the fuck are you doing? Right. And so like I had was in this really like divided where ideologically and principally I am aligned with a lot of the principles that uh, that the Republican Party stood for. However, my culture and my heritage was Mexico and uh, the immigrant community. And we had this. So that's actually what kind of drove me into politics to begin with was SB 1070 back in 2010. I I wasn't even a registered voter up until then. And now I'm running a a big data SaaS company that like helps (laughs) voters get registered. Right. And so that's how it all got started. But it was because of this divide in what I thought I believed ideologically and who I was as a, a part of my culture that really got me into this. And and in this position in uh, organizing Startup Week, uh, having the bully pulpit, if you will, right? And having the influence is like, what could I do for a big vision to help like repair some of the relationship, but not just repair the relationship, but build something that can uh, we can take the momentum from and do something collaboratively, right? In a comment that I gave to NPR in Spanish in Mexico City, um, they did an interview with me last week and it was all in Spanish. And one of my comments in Spanish was, so I told them that, that regardless of politics and the economics, uh, tech transcends boundaries through the internet, right? And since we're in a global marketplace now, that if our region, meaning the region Arizona and Mexico is going to be successful with these more established regions like Asia and Europe who have lots of proximity, right? They're all those countries work collaboratively together as ecosystems to compete with the United States or to compete with China. And if we're going to be able to compete as a region, we need to include Mexico as part of that conversation. Mm -hmm. They're our largest trading partner, right? And there's a lot of money in Mexico and the majority of the investors that I've talked to down there 
they want to put money in U.S. companies. They want to invest in Arizona. The only thing right now that they invest in is agriculture, land, and tourism. That's it. They don't know how to invest in technology companies, right? And I think we have some of that of a challenge here, right, where we have an old school realist, lots of money in Arizona, very real estate based. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so if we could somehow, some way, um, bridge that divide between Mexico and Arizona with these investors and these startups and get a few successes, you know, it's just the pile on effect, right? Everyone's going to want to get on board and be able to participate. And so having that uh, binational conversation and doing events like Startup Weekend that we had in December, which was the first binational Startup Weekend that ever happened, wow. where uh, we went down into Mexico. We went to Nogales on the other side of the border. There was uh, 20 startups from Sonora, state of Sonora that met us there. There was 20 startups that came from Tucson and there was about another 15 to 20 of us that came from Yes Phoenix community that met them down there. And for a full weekend, um, it didn't regardless of who we were, where we were from, we came up with ideas, we came up with solutions. And at the end of the 54 hours of that startup week is we um, had businesses and uh, we wanted to do more. And so uh, this past weekend, we returned the favor and we had startup weekend before startup week, which people thought we were nuts to like even <laughs> do, but it's a different audience yeah. and the different people attend, but we thought it would be a great lead up to uh, the entire week. And there was over 70 people that participated in startup weekend. And we had 20 companies and individuals come up from Mexico and another 15 that came up from Tucson. So we, the, the favor was returned. And I think the more that we do this, the more that we're able to grow our community ecosystem together. And to add one more uh, comment to that, um, GPEC, uh, the Greater uh, Phoenix Economic Council, um, in relationship with uh, Chris Camacho and his team, we and Tech de Monterrey, which is the MIT of Mexico, um, we were able to uh, find five startups uh, that applied to come to Startup Week. And we put out the call about three weeks ago and 71 startups in Mexico applied to wow. come to Startup Week. And we could only pick five, 71. And so, and that was with three week lead time. Imagine if we gave a three month lead time, right? Who knows how many there would be. And they've been here, um, Airbnb, we, uh, we partnered with, um, like I said, with GPAC, uh, and 48 startups, which is the nonprofit that kind of, um, pays for the events and things like that. Just the organizational structures that we can enter contracts and get insurance and do all those other things that are required to like do events and things, right. uh, sponsored the Airbnb Lyft, Drina, the GM there, she sponsored travel arrangements for them. And so five startups since Monday from Mexico have been coming back and forth and, um, they're going to do business here. Like Two of the five registered with the Arizona Corporation Commission, which we have here on site, and started a company in Arizona, from being from Mexico this week. This week, so they want they the, the you know the hypothesis of that they want to do business here, like it's happening. And 
um, they're coming and we want to be able to be like the most generous community, not, uh, anywhere across the world. Right. So if it's really the world, let, let's go let's in out to the world and let's do it. Let me ask you this. Cause you mentioned, so it's five out of the 71. Mm-hmm. So how can we get those, the rest? What can we do? Oh, let's raise some money, <laughs> raise some money and get them here. Right. Like, a, um, there's about a thousand, we, the budget was about a thousand per, um, between lodging and airfare get them out here. But, you know, I, I think there's, there's something to be said with that type of response in such a short period of time and every comment and most of them speak fairly good English. So Mm -hmm. if you see them around, you know, definitely talk to them. But the comment that they, that it was whenever they start conversations, like, like I didn't know, I didn't know that Phoenix blank. I didn't know that Phoenix had blank. I didn't know this was in Phoenix blank. Right. And like we have opened their eyes to what they thought Phoenix was, mm-hmm. and they had no idea that this entire community existed. And they have felt welcomed. We've had programming that has been specifically um, introduced to help those Mexico startups. So we had uh, the consul from Mexico come. We had Luis Farga come. Uh, we had the Arizona Mexico Commission come. Glenn Hammer, the CEO of the Arizona uh, Chamber of Commerce and Industry, come, who focuses on NAFTA and had some of those conversations, and they felt very welcomed and received. And I think there's more to do on that front. I think we've are just taking, following the lead that's been set at the state level and from GPEX level, and just doing our small little part in the startup community to be able to help advance that mission forward. Right. This is amazing. And actually, as you were saying it, I realized we, as the people who are involved or are aware of the SPHX and all the, the attempts that are being made here, I think the, the one common thread I feel is that we, we feel that we have so much way to go before we'll feel like, oh, we accomplished what we wanted, if ever, right? It's almost like an endless road. But I think it was like six months ago, I went to an event in Tucson. They had like a like some activity week there that included some startup event. And the feedback I got from the people there was, we wish we would be like Phoenix. So we are already a place that people are looking up to, mm-hmm. although we feel like we have so much to go. So so that's an exact example that it, not only Tucson, it's even souther than, I don't know if you say souther, mm-hmm. but south of Tucson that already feels that. And that's so amazing, right? That's like, we should, I think we mentioned that in the session with Greg Head that we sometimes forget to celebrate our little wins because we are so worried about, but we're not done. There is so much more to do. We need to find opportunities to celebrate these little wins. And I think this is a huge win when someone else tell you, tells you basically, thank you for making me realize that mm. I can use you for something. Right? Yeah, it's, in, it's important that we take inventory of what we've done, right? And we take it, we stop and we take inventory and see like, wow, we have come a long way. And yep, and there's a lot more work to do. Uh, and I think there's a tremendous opportunity for us in Phoenix and throughout Arizona to make this a unified front, not only to expand. I know there's the whole U of A and ASU, like, you know, rivalry and Tucson's always been like, we want to annex Tucson out, right? <laughs> we want to make them the 51st state or whatever. Like, you know, these have these conversations all the time. Um, or the state of Jefferson in California, right? Like, yeah. it's like, I think that uh, the startup tech ecosystem transcends any type of cultural divide. 
And I think it's our responsibility as leaders in the ecosystem to take advantage of that ethos and be the ones that turn back time to before when that siloing effect happened in these communities Mm -hmm. and to tear down those walls, if you will, and to like rebuild this together as opposed to being your Phoenix, your Tucson, your Flagstaff, your Mexico, right? We are a region and know that we, if we're going to win the long game and provide a better state and better communities for ourselves and our families, that we have to do this together as a region to win. Mm-hmm. And you mentioned how uh, a lot of the, the people didn't know, like, uh, I didn't know Phoenix did this or that. Um, putting you on the spot. I mean, what, how, how can we continue to build on on Startup Week, which every year there's this huge momentum, right, during the week and immediately following. How can we keep that going throughout the year so that there are less people who say that, who th- there's more people that know, okay, here's what Phoenix has to offer. Here's what Arizona has to offer. Well, I, I think this forum and what we're doing right now is a great example of what we can do to keep it moving forward. Right mm-hmm. now we have in, you know, in politics, there's a couple things that you check boxes for to like to win campaigns, right? One's endorsements, one's money and one's communications. Right. And for whatever campaign it is, whether it's political or marketing or whatever, you have to check those boxes to be able to make sure that you can like survive or to kill build, sure. build momentum. And so I think for us, you know, with this forum, uh, which we're grateful for, we're able to check the communication box. Right. We've had the Slack channel. We've had the social channels. But, you know, a lot of times those only stay within like our little bubble right now with the podcast, we're able to reach a much larger audience and to get really strategic on how we promote that and push that so people can on their own time consume the knowledge and information um, and hear about all the activity that's going on. So I think this is a great first step. However, like to your point, there needs to be more and what more is. It's a great question. And that was one of the conversations I had at dinner on Tuesday night with uh, Chase and Techstars. I said, look, Chase, you guys come in in our community and I was very respectful um, and you parachute in once a week out of the 52 and you put on this amazing event and then you're gone. Right. Techstars, you do not have an accelerator here. You've only accepted two Arizona companies into your accelerator programs since the beginning of your existence. What is the long-term game plan for you here? Like, what is it? And so we've had the conversations about what that is. And uh, for the big picture here, and I'll shed some light on this, is that this direction for involving international startups and from Mexico and other places, Techstars, when they do accelerators, they choose markets that have some sort of unique type of positioning for their accelerator programs. Like Kansas City is communications, um, down San Diego area is like med technology, Boston um, is in research, et cetera. Boulder is like food and on and on and on. And so what does Phoenix have specifically to offer as uh, as a vertical for them, right? And so uh, my pitch to Techstars was, 
hey, we have this great relationship that we're building with Mexico and into and into Latin America in general. And with the narrative of Phoenix being a very affordable place to live, lots of opportunity, et cetera, et cetera. All these Latin American startups want to go to Silicon Valley. They just do like they want to live the dream and we get it, understand it. And I think we can sort of take it for granted because we're in the United States. But if you go outside this country and you talk to these uh, individuals, these companies like Silicon Valley is like the shining light on the hill, the beacon that they all want to follow. And little do they know that there are other beacons and other lighthouses along the way before you can get there. And so if we help them recognize that Phoenix could be the gateway and entry point point into the U.S. market for these companies, better cost of living, et cetera, et cetera, for these startups. And we can bring them here and provide them that opportunity. And our ecosystem being as generous as it is can rally around those startups and utilizing our education system with ASU and the others and using our very uh, uh uh, business friendly regulatory environment at the state and local levels, we can keep those startups and grow those startups here and right where they may not want to go to Silicon Valley. They may just want to stay in Phoenix. Right. And that would be the, that would be the goal is to keep them here. And so, um, cause that's just a status point like that or a status symbol more. So yeah. it's, it's not right now the way things are it, for, for like a new startup. Yeah. It's, it's not realistic. To be like, yeah, we're going to go to to the Valley, to San Francisco and exist. It's by all accounts. It's just not a a reality unless they have crazy amounts of funding. And and even at that, they're going to burn through it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And so I think you're seeing like the reverse effect with the startups like opening second headquarters here, right? We're like, hey, yeah, we raised a lot of money, but to build this at scale, we can't afford the $200,000 salary that goes to... Uh, entry-level sales guy right or gal (laughs) here like you know so they're coming you know they're building back offices here and you know i have have strong opinions uh, you know as to why that's not a good thing however if they can also bring their technology and bring their tech talent with them Mm -hmm. then i think that would be okay right uh but if if we're to to be able to be successful here in our ecosystem we need to be able to find that niche if that niche is being the gateway for um Latin American companies starting up here. Let's bring them here and let them show, you know, what Phoenix and what Arizona is all about. And let's help them grow their companies here. Right. So as if you're not busy enough, I heard about something happening on Central and Washington. Oh, yeah. Can you shed some light on that? A street, tiny street pitch? Are you talking about street pitch? Not just today. No, that new space that oh, opened oh. on the street. <laughs> the, the sock? We call it the sock. That's, that's okay. Uh, startups, like that. like startups on Central. And yes. so, yeah, the sock. So, yeah, that's actually, um, thanks for bringing that up. Uh, so last year, uh, unknown to most folks, like we, I have, I have our startup week team, right? There's, there's nine of us, but I also have another team over here. That's a street pitch team. Totally separate. By the way, to those on the podcast, he was pointing to his right. Yes, I don't know what's you. there. But. Yeah, yeah, exactly. There's nothing there. It's a, it's a blank wall. I, so that team, uh, Street Pitch was just an idea last year that we kind of came up with. and Great idea, we, by the way. Yeah, and like the thing was is like everyone said, great, V, that's a great idea. But like um, if you can get the money, we're on board. We'll help you. 
And so within like two days, I'm like, Hey guys, I got the money. And they're like, no, you didn't. I'm like, yeah, I got the money. Um, and like, we're, ha- I guess we're having an event and mind you, this is like mid November of last year. And so we put this event on and like the, our, our motto with that is keeping it street. Right. And so we were really scrappy and like open to the public. And however, we introduced a format ignite style, right? Like we like literally tipped the whole pitch competition on its head. But what it did was, and um, I gave the first presentation to introduce the idea of street pitch, but I went through the coaching, um, Raul Encinas, which is, is a kind of our co-founder with me and Sarah Anderson, the other co-founder with me on this Raul runs the programming on like the, the presentation for the speakers and the startups. Sarah runs like the operational side and I manage, um, the judging, the funding, the sponsorships, basically the money side and make sure that that's taken care of. Um, and with the Ignite, going back to Ignite style, like if you're not familiar with Ignite, it's you have five minutes, the slides move every 15 seconds and there's nothing you can do about it. But what it does more importantly through the coaching element, it makes you like get really clear on your story. Right. And so the startups that go up there and they participate, they might not win. Actually, nine out of the 10 are not going to win. However, what they've left with after participating in Street Pitch is the the ability to pitch their story in such a clear and concise way using emotional storytelling and visuals to be able to help win over any audience, let alone investors or the public, right? And so we're providing, we're leveling up for our community's ability to be able to actually share their story, to be able to raise the capital, to do those things. And so that's the real purpose of Street Pitch was to be able to provide an opportunity for our startups to level up in their ability to tell their story in an impactful way that helps them raise capital or to get more customers, but also to allow our community to see in an open forum, open public forum, what is happening in Phoenix with the startup community in a way where we want the audience that's there participating to say, I want to be on that stage next year. Uh And believe it or not, one of the startups that is pitching this year, one of the top 10 that will be pitching tomorrow night was in that audience last year. Oh, I believe it. And it it. was just an idea that they had. Now they have a product and now they have customers and now they're on that stage. And so like we've like we've filled that purpose in two short years um, and to get back to and, and I'm sorry, I went on a tangent with street pitch, but I think but of course it ties in. Right. But, I mean, but the context, central, yeah. yeah. So the context is this, is that what we found is that there are a lot of these startups that have applied for the street pitch. And there's there's many, many out there and they're all technology based founders. Uh, however, they don't have uh, a community space where they feel that people can relate to them. And, you know, there's lots of, lots of co-working spaces, but as you know, the co-working space model is just like, Hey, anyone can come. Yeah. It may be for tech and maybe for creatives and maybe for agencies or whatever, but there was not a space for founders only, right? Founders that are pre-product that want, that are building technology that they can work together and like build their companies. So Startups on Central is on the corner of Washington and Central on the ground floor. It's the former Charming Charlie's building, 5,000 square feet. Our partners at Cityscape, Red Development and Atmosphere Commercial Interiors 
um, have accommodated us with that space. The space is sponsored by Cox Business. Cox Business pays for that space. It's a, a, a deal that I did with them back in January. And the whole point of that space is to curate the growth of technology-based startups and to fill a void in the marketplace, which is pre-incubator. So when people ask me, like, what is it? And I said, well, basically think of Startup Weekend 24-7, right? Where they can come in and do that. So it's a free space for founders and founders only that are pre-product that are wanting to build technology, either hardware or software. And what's the process of someone like if if I'm a if I consider myself in that in that classification, how do I how do I approach you guys? How do I sign up? How do I prove that I'm a founder? Like what, what's the process? Yeah, yeah, great question. Because you know, since the ideation stage, like right, like what can you really like do about it? And so um, we have not, we've approached this space very much like a startup, right? Oper- you know, just moving, <laughs> moving fast and breaking things and operating off a hypothesis. We may get six months down the road on this space yeah. and figure out that, yeah, that wasn't really a good idea. There's not really market fit for that and then have to pivot, right? So we're approaching even the space like we would a startup as well. Um, but how after a street startup week and street pitch is over, I'll be able to have a little bit more time to kind of focus on like that space's purpose. And so um, we'll have an application process that um, they, they apply. There'll be some criteria, checks and boxes. Uh, our team will kind of review it and see if it's a good fit. But at the end of the day, we want the space to be filled. Mm-hmm. We want people to be there. It's in a beautiful space. It's This is the very center of Phoenix. It's again more central than that spot. Right. It, it's an amazing space. Like we had a meeting there before startup week and I was walking around the door looking for it because I didn't believe it's there. <laughs> I was like, no, it can't be here. Yeah. It has to be in an office building. You have to go through an elevator and like, mm-hmm. no. You no, know, you just walk in and it feels it's so right off the street. Awesome. It's the most trafficked street corner in all of Arizona outside of Mill, Mill Avenue in Tempe. It's so, amazing. You're right. And uh, that space there is highly trafficked. And so people see that. Mm-hmm. And what this does is kind of what Street Pitch does almost on a daily basis. It showcases like, wow, there's a vibrant startup community happening here in Phoenix. And they walk by it every day. Like, you know, our first day we opened the doors, we had 20. We had 20 people come in and like and work out of there. And it was amazing to see them come and come in and participate. And, and this week it's been, it's been closed off and on because of all these startup week, sure. you know, um, as much as I would like to have a clone, that would be pretty scary for <laughs> most people. The clone um, thing keeps coming up in these different shows. Yeah, about people. Yeah. The, you got the person, the company that comes up with clones is going to be the right. Dolly, the Dolly, 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 the sheep, Dolly. <laughs> yes. <laughs> right. Um, if so. nothing else, we can bring back the DeLorean and just go back in time. And that's exactly that's sure. That's like a, a cheaper solution for now because we already have the solution. <laughs> yeah, we we'll just get Carvana to bring the yeah. bring the DeLorean the car back. And call Ernie up and say, "Hey, dude, we need the we need the DeLorean." Um, yeah. uh, the 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 space. Uh, going back to that real quickly, yeah. um, we definitely want to make it for founders, like right and. You know, while there's co-working spaces, this is not a co-working space. Sure. Uh, this is a co-doing space. And so we want to do more and we want to make sure that it is founders. Because as I've gone to some co-working spaces in and around town, I love all of them. I think they serve a lot of value. It's just that there's an environment when you're doing the co-working there that 
you don't feel like I can like reach across the table and I can talk to somebody like, like, I don't know, are they on the phone or they just have their headphones in? Like, I don't want to interrupt. And so, and they may be like, I don't know, a real estate agent or something. Mm -hmm. And you're like working on tech and like, well, I don't know. And you don't know that until you get like 15 or 20 minutes into a conversation. And you're like, oh, well, like, you know, nice meeting you. I'm great to have this friendship. We'll grab a beer, go grab coffee, maybe sometime on the road. But you're not, I, I, I can't, you can't, you're not, you can't relate to where I'm at. And so we wanted to create a space that was specifically for that purpose where they could be cross, cross collaboration with other founders building similar ideas. And it's free. It's free. It's 100% free. Like it doesn't cost the founders anything. Yeah. They may have to find parking or pay for parking. And that's always a challenge being in any metropolis or any downtown area. Or just it, take the light rail. Exactly. Yeah. It's, <laughs> it's right there. Right, right there. there. Yeah. yeah right. Yeah. Right. Do park and ride. But if, if, if not, you know, the space is free to work. And, um, as we build and scale, uh, we'll be able to do more with it. But right now it's Monday through Friday from, um, uh, 10 AM to 5 PM. And I, I don't know if you invented it, but you definitely need to brand the code doing thing. The code. <laughs> <laughs> I, know, I heard brilliant. that tagline. I heard that tagline in there. Okay. Yeah. Um, so we need to promote it. Because, yeah. <laughs> because yeah. I think that's, personally, that's the, the biggest quote unquote beef I have with co-working spaces is that the last thing you can do there is work usually. It's really about mingling and networking and usually... If you're that size of a company, you better be there not more than two days a week and work from home the rest if you want to accomplish something. Mm -hmm. But it is great when you need these kind of like collaborations. So I, I like the fact that you say, here you come, you can actually work. Yeah, because <laughs> at the end of the day, working is not performing. Mm -hmm. Right. 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 And, and, and not to knock into co-working spaces because I think they they serve a, a significant purpose right. and they're very helpful. And I've made some of the best relationships I've ever made with people as a result of those co-working right. spaces. Um, it's just that, uh, to be able to move the needle forward in a very specific way, we need a specific environment to build that's, that's conducive to growing a specific outcome. Right. And that's the, all. and the space. Yeah. And just to, to kind of put the cap on that, I mean, the spaces all have different, purposes too just like yours is very specific for for founders for tech founders really um some are some are for a different type of audience there's one opening up in tempe that's like a very almost zen-like feel that's how you know the the wayne smith i every time i almost call it the wayne brady but i'm not going to call it the wayne brady i'm going to call it the wayne smith um i love it there my wife that's she loves going there and so there's these different approaches cahoots of course galvin i mean we know them all and and there's there's a different vibe and it's funny someone recently in the facebook group for yes phx asked that question right she asked i want to pick a co-working space which one is the best? And of course, everybody chimes in like, like, well, what do you want to accomplish? Right. Well, right. right that's the question. But right. then everybody's chiming in like, well, I work here and that's this one's the best. And I work here and this one's the best. And it's totally about just what are you trying to do? Right. What are you trying exactly. to do? Exactly. Where do you fit in? So, yeah, it's it's just it's just funny. But that's this is great. Like that there's a space for for people that are they they are very specifically tech founders or founders pre MVP. Um and the spot you mentioned with the traffic, the the just the building, the offices that are right around there, the types of businesses that are there. I mean, there's a lot of law firms. Um, there's a lot of money that's working around oh, in that yeah. immediate area that's going to see there's a startup scene that yep. maybe they don't know. That was the, that's the whole idea there. Yeah. You nailed it, Vincent. Like it for like big picture, like the big vision behind it. Um, you have to be 
position yourself the right way. Right. And I guess that's one of the things that I learned definitely from like the political world, right. Where I've seen them all. I've done everything from dog catcher to the president of the United States. Right. Like literally been on in the strategic uh, development of those campaigns from that small level all the way to the very top. And the whole idea is you have to put yourself in the very middle of where it happens to be able to find success. And so that was the whole idea. And when that space became available, we already had the proper relationship and partnership with Red Development and Cityscape there. And I told them early on, I was like, hey, if anything comes available, like here, like let me know immediately. I'll sell the dream to a corporate sponsor. We'll get a corporate sponsor and we're going to take down a space and it's going to serve this purpose. And we're just grateful that it happened January of this year and that it's like leading up to Startup Week and that we have a longer term commitment with Cox for Business to be able to do that. By the way, um, you have to go check out the mural that they put on that the windows out there. They did Point it late last already. night, 9 p.m. Um, that whole front north facing window along Washington is this gigantic mural and it's amazing. Uh, it shows, and I'll show you a picture, and like your audience is not going to be able to see it, but let me, I'll, I'll sort of try to describe we'll get, it. We'll you. post it though. Yeah. yeah. We'll, we'll, if you haven't posted, I mean, you post it, but we'll post it too. Yeah. I, I'll try to describe it to your audience. Uh, so, one of the things that we wanted to focus on was the transition from the old to the new. And so, at the very center of the, of, I don't want to say the picture, the the artwork, right? At the very center of it is Camelback Mountain and the downtown cityscape, the downtown landscape. On on the left side of the photo, you have uh, uh, an immigrant looking person that had in the backdrop that looks like um, like the barrio, right? Kind of like the slums and kind of like what that looks like. And then they transition into, you know, more of um, a student, more of a startup, like being more educated and learning more. That's kind of what it embolizes. And then the opposite side on the right side, you have someone from, you know, your average person in the United States that transitions to like suit and tie. But then what happens is they come right together at the very center. And in the center is Phoenix, it's the Camelback Mountain. And so it's the emergence of this. So you can see the alignment of like all of this happening, right? And that's what we wanted to go for when we were having uh, the art created for this per- for this space and purpose. Who did it? So it tells a story. Um, put him on the spot. Sorry. Here. Um, <laughs> but it was, it was a local oh, artist. Yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. Oh, cool. okay. Yeah. A local artist. Cool. Um, we had him commissioned to do it. We, we put out a, you know, RFP. Yep. Um, to, and I think we had four different artists that responded to that. And cool. uh, you know, our team selected the final like rendition. And when we saw that, like, we we're like, that's it. That's a, <laughs> like that's nice. the one. So if you can't remember right now, um, we can put it in the show notes Yep. and, uh, and link to them and everything for sure. Yep. Um, uh, I know, man, you were right. About the, <laughs> the time, time thing, right? Right. Like, yeah, we'll be here 15 minutes. That's all, you know, that's, that's all we it. got. And 45 time minutes later. Yeah, right. Yeah. Well, I, um, I don't to know you have to now. run this. It was all good. Yes. Last but I run of your startup. Week. I, I want to make sure though, like the whole point of startup week is the community and the volunteers and the people that are committed to this. Uh, and, uh, in my closing remarks tomorrow, I'm going to give what I'm calling the state of the startup, which is my final remarks. Uh, and we're going to go through a bunch of data points and hours and volunteers and all those sort of things to kind of really like highlight, um, using some data around like what it takes to like make this heavy lift and put on this event. Uh, but I want to first 
and I'm probably going to get emotional on this, um, uh, just because I, I have that much love and respect for the members of my, of, of our team. Um, uh, the entire team that was selected last summer, um, is the same exact team that we started with is the same one finishing tomorrow's event. And for an all volunteer led event of this magnitude and this commitment, it's remarkable to see the entire team finish. And we've grown to love each other and respect each other and like really rely on each other. We know each other's strengths. We know each other's weaknesses. That's for sure. However, that everyone complements each other in a, a very magical way. If I had a magic wand and I had all the funding in the world, I would literally take every single one of the members of my team after startup week and go do something and we'd fucking dominate whatever that is. I don't know what it would be, but I'd go to war with every single one of those people and die on that hill charging up. Right. They're just exceptional people. Um, uh, and I'll just go and name them uh, if that's okay. If that's okay. Sure. Like, um, Kate Rogers, and man, she's just a special person. Like her attitude and commitment for this community is infectious. And if everyone had the demeanor and positive energy uh, that Kate had in this community, we'd be in a much better place. And uh, she has done a tremendous job elevating the quality of content here at Startup Week. Because at the end of the day, the program is the product, right? And she put together a phenomenal program uh, for the community. There were some bumps in the road. Uh, however, it's an all-volunteer-led event, right? It's bound to happen. We have shitty platforms that we have no business using, but we have where we wear golden handcuffs sometimes when it's someone else's brand that's doing the event. So we, some of the things are out of our control sometimes. Right. Um, and she just grinding through, uh, Jeff Booth, um, new to the startup scene. He caught my attention. I think most did when he wrote an amazing review of the startup ecosystem coming from someone outside from corporate America who experienced startup week last year for the first time and wrote this and probably one of the most read median articles that we've had on SPHX's page. And he talked about uh, his story from transitioning from not knowing what this was to wanting to be in the community and he runs, um, he's, he's at a director VP level at Harkins theater, you know, another successful, um, local, uh, story here. And he runs operations and analytics for Harkins. And, and so when, when he wrote that article, I'm like, that's the guy, that's a guy I would like on my team. And it was, he was a hard sell. I'm not going to lie. He was a hard sell. Um, but once he said, yes, he's been a stalwart. And uh, Jeff Booth has been um, become a good friend and someone that I have been able to rely on at any moment, at any time of the day to be able to get something done. He never has to ask what needs to be done next. He just jumps in and does it immediately. Uh, uh, Rachel Zarell, she has been doing managing all the volunteers. If you've volunteered at Startup Week, you know what type of ship she runs. Like details, do not miss that girl. And sometimes it's to her fault. And, um, and but she is the one of the most organized individuals that I've ever met. Um, she is a certified PMP, right? And so it makes sense. 
that details would not go missed and deadlines never get missed either. And so she's uh, done an amazing job. And, and it's critical that we have someone in that role that has those skill sets to be able to manage volunteers because without volunteers at the vertical days or here at base camp, whether it's uh, giving people badges or giving them drink tickets, right? Like that has to be like organized. And if there's missed opportunities, then everything's fall through. Um, also on the team, uh, Mike Jones, uh, who's been in the community for a, a while. Uh, the marketer uh, role was the final ad and it should have been one of the first. Um, and that was a missed opportunity on my end. No, thinking that we could get away with, you know, only six six months of marketing for a free event. It's one thing I learned over the last two years. People just don't show up to a free event for the most part of the time. And so a better and more robust, robust marketing strategy to get more of an audience, even outside the, outside the ecosystem to participate would be critical. Uh, but his entire team donated. He has an agency and his entire team donated like all of their time to do this. Um, Kayla on his team um, and two other individuals, his designers, everybody have done an amazing job. Redid their website, made it a lot more robust, a little more user friendly. Uh, I can't say enough about uh, Mike's efforts there. Uh, Ryan Quinn, who was the only uh, face that returned from last year's team, and and let me take make a comment on that real quickly. People ask like, "Hey, why is it a new team this year? Like, why would you do that? <laughs> That's like just crazy that you would." Uh, and I was like, "Well, if you've done start a week before." you don't want to do it a second year. Right. <laughs> um, but more important, the reason why was that when I, when, when Jonathan and Paige and Matt, uh, passed the baton, um, when I took the lead, I looked in the mirror and I kind of looked at it and said, Hey, why me? Why this? And yeah, my first company was an event conference company and built that to 50 employees and 5 million in revenue. And so it made sense from like an operation standpoint, but like bigger for like community wide. Like I was new, I had been in Boston, I'd been in Salt Lake and I had recently come back to Phoenix and they gave me an opportunity to lead. Right. And so the best thing that I could do was reciprocate that trust. And so I wanted to create an experience in year three and year four with startup week to provide an opportunity and experience to create and build new leaders in our ecosystem. So last year, that's why we had a new team. Uh, that's, and then this year, it's all new team members. Now you have 20 new leaders in the ecosystem as a result of being involved in the startup week. And so Ryan uh, Quinn, who's done Mentor Connect, he was the only one that came back from last year's team. And um, he just does an amazing job with his platform, BrightGuest. It's just so easy to use and it's like almost designed perfectly for the mentoring program. And uh, we had a lofty goal this year of wanting over 1,000 hours of mentoring and free to the community. And I think that we've nailed it. Um, I haven't looked at the numbers, but we're going to be pretty close, providing over 1,000 hours of free mentoring to this ecosystem. Um, who else? Have, who else around the table? Uh, Daryl Keaton. He's been uh, was a late ad. We wanted to be able to take all the other entrepreneurs and startup groups that were kind of on the peripheral and like bring them in and let them make make them aware of Startup Week. And he's done that, and he's 
um, been here every morning at 7 a.m. and been the last one to leave at night. And his commitment to this community is um, exemplary. Uh, also on the team, we had Anthony Jansen. Anthony um, worked in the governor's office for four years and worked with the governor. And I knew that if we were going to be able to raise the bar, if you will, and to get a state spotlight um, and a national spotlight that we needed to involve bigger players. And um, his job as coalition's director was to be able to incorporate the governor's office, the Arizona Commerce Authority, GPAC, the Arizona Chamber of Commerce, um, the Arizona-Mexico Commission, and all these other groups that are doing things in and around economic development and let them see this amazing startup community that we have here and let them understand that, hey, while they're doing stuff at a much bigger level, that the little guy is doing pretty, pretty is doing all right. And that the little guy is here and that you need to pay attention to us, right? And because we're doing um, a lot to be able to help promote and it's easy to ignore us. So we wanted to make sure that they came and they saw this vibrant community in action through Startup Week. And Anthony has been um, uh, a loyal team member and being able to help us uh, accomplish that goal. Um, who else am I missing on, on the core team? Uh, Vicki, who's my chief of staff, uh, she's uh, been kind of the glue that's kept us all together. Uh, our team is very diverse demographically. Um, however, one commonality that wasn't made aware of to me until like two weeks ago or two meetings ago, where we're all the same age. We're all like mid thirties. <laughs> so we're like all between the ages of 33 and 36, uh, which I didn't, I you know it wasn't by design, but that's just kind of the age demographic. We're kind of like the, you know, the, the millennial grandparents, right? Late millennials. Yeah. Yeah. yeah late millennials. <laughs> and so that's the one common theme. Um, and Vicki has been, she's a little, she's a little bit older than the rest of us. So she's the chief of staff. So she's kind of been like, like the, the motherly figure. She knows everything. She knows what needs to be done, who to talk to, what all the details. And so everyone comes to talk to Vicky, like, don't talk to V. He doesn't know shit. Like go ask Vicky. She's the <laughs> one that actually knows what's going on here. Um, and so she's been a tremendous help and support. Um, and she was with, with, with me last year, uh, on this, uh, journey. Um, last but not least, I'm going to thank the vertical captains. Uh, we expanded significantly this year on the vertical days from Greg head success and SAS day, um, the vertical captains have, we wanted to provide an opportunity to like double down on some of those industries that are either hot or like successful here in Phoenix. So AI and IOT was Monday, obviously, uh, Tuesday was MedTech day and Heidi Jenanga and Barbara Schmidt, um, and Mike Popovich, um, CEOs of, you know, um, these med tech companies that are here in downtown Phoenix, um, uh, really came together to pull that off. Obviously Greg was SAS day, tremendous job. And then blockchain day, uh, was uh, really important because you know, it's the hot thing right now and that's going on right now. Mm -hmm. And from my understanding, they're doing really well. Um, but you know, lastly, um, if we want to we're coming short up on time. Um, I know there's been, um, a little bit of misinterpretation on like what startup week is and where it's going and what direction it is. Um, and, but that's the whole thing about startups and startup week, like this, 
organization or this event kind of embodies what a startup is meant to be. And so we tried new things this year. We experimented. We did things different to see like what would work, what didn't work. We did that last year and then two years previous, right? And there's iterations upon iterations. So we uh, we did things differently and we did it. Yes, we did it all in downtown Phoenix this year. And yes, we did it all in the warehouse district this year. But this is PHX Startup Week. This is not the city of Phoenix Startup Week. This is not the city of Tempe or the city of Scottsdale or the... We've, we've grown this event to a statewide, now a global scale. Well, yes, it's called PHX Startup Week. Well, actually, if Techstars was sitting here, they'd make me say, Techstars Startup Week Phoenix, <laughs> yeah. right? Well, whatever. Um, uh, and so the plan is, is that going forward, um, Startup Week will rotate from city to city. Right. And it will be up to the next organizing crew to be able to figure out what that actually looks like. But we want to make sure that it's owned by the community and it's not owned by an entity or owned by the city or anything like that. Yes, we have the the have to have some sort of legal and financial structure for cohesiveness and continuity to be able to continue to raise because we don't know what Chase is going to do. Chase may say, well, great, we had a great four years, and this is a national partnership they have in seven other cities, and Phoenix is just a, a benefactor of that national partnership. They may say, yeah, we want to do five, and Phoenix, you're out. And so what would we do if we didn't have an, a structured organization to be able to help move it along for the finance and the legal, et cetera? And so we put those uh, foundational pieces in place in the event um, that our title sponsor goes away. And we've built a, a, a great brand in Startup Week to where now the community knows. Like every major tech company, every major company here from Insight to Avnet to GoDaddy, which, you know, they've been sponsors or supporters in one way, shape or form. They put on, they've been put on notice, right? They know we are exist and they can't ignore us. And so if something does happen in the future where our title sponsorship goes away and that's not backfilled by Techstars or something national, we are in position to make sure that Startup Week does not miss a beat and this event happens and continues to move on and be bigger and better every single year. That's impressive. Love that's it, man. Uh, yeah. And I, I, Listen, man, thank you so much for your time. I know you're super busy. We know you're super busy. We see you running around. Even though you do delegate very well, you have awesome team members, but you're you're very busy. So thank you for your time. This was great. I, I found out a bunch of new stuff personally. Yes. <laughs> I don't know about you, Rod. And now, but- and now I know... How are you able to set up this table in three seconds for me when I asked for it? <laughs> you, you, were, you, were impressed, you were impressed by yes. that, weren't you? I was, because I, you see, that's what leaders are. The ones who are not saying like, hey, you go bring that table. It was like, no, move away. Let me do it. Yeah. That was amazing. That, that's when I knew I started to get to know who you that are. That event, yeah. event management background? Yeah. Yes. Conference. Servant leadership, man. Servant yes. leadership. No, awesome. De- Thank you so much. Definitely. Thank you. And we, we really appreciate you guys doing this. And uh, we'll continue to support this any way we can. Thanks, thanks Thank for so supporting much. it, and and um, V, thanks for everything that you do, man. Absolutely. Thank you very much. And hopefully, I was able to provide some context and some details, and pull the curtain back on like what actually happens behind the scenes. And you know, exactly. I'm, at the end of the day, I'm a member of this community. You know, 
there's no financial gain or benefit or any type of upside really to doing this event other than just kind of out of the labor of love. So I'm willing and wanting to talk with anyone for feedback and that will definitely be passed on to the the next team um, as we go through that process and, and tapping those individuals and suckering them into <laughs> wanting to put on this event. So thank you guys. So much, man.